chromosomes. Little strands of nucleic acids and proteins are the fundamental genetic instructions that tell us who we are at birth. Most people are born with 46 chromosomes, but each year in the United States, about 6,000 people are born with an extra chromosome, making them a person with Down syndrome. If you've ever encountered someone with Down syndrome, you know that they are some of the kindest, most joyful people you will ever meet. They truly have something extra. My name is Lisa Nichols, and I have spent the last 24 years as both the CEO of Technology Partners and as the mother to Allie. Allie has something extra in every sense of the word. I have been blessed to be by her side as she impacts everyone she meets. Through these two important roles as CEO and mother to Allie, I have witnessed countless life lessons that have fundamentally changed the way I look at the world. While you may not have an extra chromosome, every leader has something extra that defines who you are. Join me as I explore the something extra in leaders from all walks of life and discover how that difference in each of them has made a difference in their companies, their families, their communities, and in themselves. I'm thrilled to have Dennis Mullenberg on the show today. Dennis is the past chairman and CEO of Boeing. Dennis, I am thrilled to have you on today. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for making the time. I just can't wait to dive into our conversation. Well, Lisa, thanks for the invitation. It's great to be with you as well. You and I have recently met because you joined CEO Forum, and I'm on the board, and you've recently joined the board of CEO Forum, so we've gotten to know each other through that, but you know, we've got a lot of crossovers that I have found since meeting you <laughs> initially. Well, CEO Forum has been a great one, as you said, a wonderful uh, ministry and a great network of CEOs and an exciting way to invest in each other. So it's been a pleasure to meet you there and all of our other connections as well. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited for our listeners to get to hear your story. So you did not grow up in St. Louis. You grew up in Iowa, right? That's right. I grew up in the northwest corner of Iowa. I grew up on a, a farm there, about a 300-acre family farm just outside a little town called Sioux Center. Spent my uh, growing up years there and a wonderful way to grow up in my opinion. Learned a lot from my parents about the value of uh, hard work and integrity and how we invest in other people. So I still have a, a lot of fondness in my heart for the state of Iowa. Right, for sure. Well, you and I have talked about that. And I said, Greg and I, over the years, have hired a lot of kids that grew up on farms. And I'm telling you, just the work ethic. It's hard work, isn't it, Dennis? I mean, and you got to push forward every day. And it's not always clean work either. <laughs> it is. It's hard work. And it's, uh, you know, the chores around the farm are things that have to be done every day. And I remember as a kid with my brothers and sister, you know, milking the cows and uh, feeding the animals, gathering the eggs, working in the fields. It's good, hard work. You enjoy the fresh air and uh, there's a certain freedom to working on the farm, but it also teaches you a sense of responsibility, things that have to be done every day and, and done well. Absolutely. So you grew up on the farm, but then you ended up going to, it was at Iowa University? Is that where you went? Iowa the State. Of Iowa? Iowa State University. Iowa State University. And you majored in? Aerospace engineering. So I'd always had an interest in airplanes and spacecraft uh, growing up as a kid. I guess in the state of Iowa, you get a lot of open views of the sky, right? So I could, I could see the airplanes flying over. I always had a great interest in that and managed to uh, find my way to Iowa State University in Ames. So I'm a proud cyclone. 
did my undergrad work there in aerospace engineering and I uh, got my Bachelor of Science degree there. Yeah, and I know you've got several degrees, and you've got a doctorate, right? I uh, went to Seattle to start an internship with Boeing, and when I was in Seattle, I got my master's degree at uh, University of Washington in uh, aeronautics and astronautics. Also uh, came back and got my Doctor of Science honorary degree at Iowa State. That's great. So let me ask you this. Was there a competing career at all? Did you ever think you would farm the family farm? Well, I, I always wanted to be a, an architect or an engineer. I had that design desire inside of me. I love to design and build things. So I uh, actually at one time thought I might be an architect, but uh, went down the engineering path instead. Had a chance coming out of school for internships at various companies. That included McDonnell Douglas in St. Louis, General Dynamics down in uh, Texas, and then Boeing in Seattle. And I ended up taking the internship opportunity at Boeing. And I still remember that 1985, jumped in my 1982 Monte Carlo. I drove from Iowa to Seattle. It was the uh, first time that I saw the Rocky Mountains. When I got to the Seattle area, first time I uh, ended up seeing the ocean and uh, thoroughly enjoyed that summer in uh, Seattle with Boeing. Met some amazing people, worked on some great projects and really got hooked on the company at that point and then ended up coming back uh, full-time after my internship. Well, see, you and I, we had a crossover. I didn't realize you started in 1985. So I interned for McDonnell Douglas in St. Louis in 1984. <laughs> so, you know, Greg and I are originally from a little town in Kentucky called Paducah. We went to Murray State, and I ended up interning there in 1984. And then they said, hey, you know, when you graduate, if you want a job, I'm like, yeah, great company. I mean, just, you know, at the time, McDonnell Douglas was huge. It was the largest employer in St. Louis, about 45,000 employees. Huge company, but still kind of that family. The culture was so amazing there. And like you, met amazing people. And I said, yeah, sure, you know, <laughs> it looks good. And Greg had a degree in software engineering, sent one resume out to McDonnell Douglas and got hired. So that's what moved us here. I was thinking about it, and Greg and I were talking about it last night. We started at about the same time. I don't think I ever thought, though, about being the CEO <laughs> of McDonnell Douglas. You know, talk a little bit about your journey. And then at what point did you say, hmm, maybe I could be the CEO of Boeing? Yeah, it certainly was never my plan to be the CEO of Boeing. I didn't even think about that or even have that as a concept when I started as an intern. I was uh, an aerospace engineer, so I joined the company as an aerodynamicist. I loved to design airplanes. That was my passion. So I spent the early part of my career in Seattle working across commercial and defense programs, designing, working on every conceivable kind of airplane and spacecraft, and just loved it. Did that for about eight or nine years as an engineer, and then uh, took my first management job on a program that was called Joint Strike Fighter, and we were building a new prototype airplane called the X-32. That was my first management job. And once I got a taste for uh, management, you know, working with teams and creating a multiplying effect with people, that really captured my interest. And my career moved down that path from then. But frankly, I never planned on being the CEO. I just always poured my heart into every job I had, tried to find the hardest things I could to work on, and then invested in the people around me. 
and everything worked out. Mm -hmm. I think it did. So you said you tried to find the hardest things to work on. Yeah. So you did not shy away from those things. A lot of times people get comfortable with what they know, and it's not really comfortable to take on those hard tasks. But it sounds like you didn't shy away from that. You got it. And I think that's an important part of a career is you got to make best use of the talents that God has given you. I, I'm a strong believer that you know, he's given us talents to use, and we need to make the most of them in the purpose that he's given us. Taking on the hard tasks at Boeing was a wonderful career experience. And we worked on some of the biggest, hardest things you can imagine. (laughs) And I just love that. And the challenge of it, the fact that you'd have to build teams and rely on other people. So teamwork is at a premium. And having that combination of courage and passion and teamwork, you can accomplish amazing things. And that's what I enjoyed about Boeing. Right. Tell me this. So you said you were in your first job for like about nine years as an engineer before you took on management role. So a lot of times what we see is top engineers, top software engineers, or whatever the case may be, you know, they're put in that role, but they've never had leadership training. It's like, how do you even manage a team? How did you learn that? Of course, you had your MBA by then. So you had gone through and you'd had some leadership classes, but did you have mentors? I will say this, one of the things I remember, even at Mac, and I know Boeing took it a step further, the training. I could go to leadership. I could go to training all the time to fill gaps, which was just phenomenal. Yeah, I received a lot of training while I was at Boeing to build up those skills. I think Part of it is recognizing where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are and on your team, you know, surrounding yourself with people who can fill in those weaknesses. So I was very conscious about that, but then took full advantage of the training that Boeing offered right here in St. Louis. It's Boeing's leadership center, our global leadership center. It is a world-class facility with world-class curriculum. So I took great advantage of that. And I enjoyed a lot of great mentors along the way. You know, every step of the way I could think in my career where I had leaders that invested in me, gave me a shot took a chance on me, stretched me, and I uh, gained a a lot from that. And it reminded me of the importance of giving back. So as I went up the uh, leadership ladder at Boeing, always thinking about who was I investing in? Who was I taking a chance on? And making sure that I was giving other people an opportunity to excel. So I think the mentoring dimension of that was the most important of all. Yes, for sure. So like when you took that first management role, I mean, how many direct reports did you have? Do you remember Dennis at the time? Yeah, I would say by direct report team, there was maybe a dozen people, but this was on a large airplane program that involved thousands of people. So most of the jobs we did at Boeing were big, complex jobs with very large teams, you know, distributed across multiple cities. So really put a premium on teamwork and being able to manage virtually and trying to capture the best talents that we had at different sites. Yeah, managing virtually. We're all getting some practice on that now, aren't we? We are getting practice, you know, across the board, right? There's nobody that's not having to do that right now. So, I mean, I know Boeing is a global company. So then how was your, what was your communication vehicles that you were using, Dennis, at that time? Well, we made use of the uh, video teleconferencing capabilities we had back in that day. You know, it wasn't as sophisticated as what we enjoy today, but we made heavy use of that you know, I traveled a lot. I love to get out on the floor of our factories and visit our people and, and invest time in our teams. I, I've always had a philosophy of what I call people first. And I think the biggest multiplying effect we can have as a leader is to invest in our people. I would typically do more than 100 types of employee engagement events throughout the year. That could be you know, webcast events. It could be uh, roundtables with employees, factory visits. But when I laid out my calendar for every week, I'd always put investing in people at the top of the list. And 
engaging our teams is by far the biggest multiplying effect we can have as leaders. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, you've kind of already answered it, but what were your leadership styles if you had to say what those were? There were probably a couple. Yeah, I, I always tried to be uh, very purposeful. So I, I think it's really important to understand your purpose and mission and to communicate that with your team in a way that generates passion for what you're doing and the importance of what you're doing. So I always thrived on that. You know, at Boeing, we talked about our mission was to connect, protect, explore, and inspire the world. And it was something that our team could connect with. Having that purposeful approach, I think is important. A heavy emphasis on, on our values, bringing excellence and integrity, safety, all of the fundamental core values of being a values-driven leader, I think is important. And then, as I said, probably most importantly is people first. It just recognizing the importance of investing in people. Be a genuine, authentic leader. Care about the people that are around you. Invest in them. That's the biggest multiplying effect we could have. That was my style, I guess. It's, it's difficult to describe in one word. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot from a lot of other great leaders, but that's how I'd characterize it. Sometimes you learn what to do and what not to do. <laughs> right, Dennis? I mean, you can learn both ways, right? It's like, oh, I don't want to be that, you know? So that is awesome. So you're purposeful, you're people first. How did you keep to that? You know, because sometimes, you know, you can start out that way and then go down a slippery slope of not being that way. I mean, but you had to do something to ground yourself. So what was that for you? Well, for me, my faith is very important to me. And that's really what keeps me centered. So I always reminded myself that, you know, ultimately, I was the CEO of Boeing. But first and foremost, I'm a servant of God and a follower of Jesus Christ. And that kept me centered. You know, my faith was important. And whether it were good times or tough times, that faith uh, is what kept me on the right track. You know, I had a great family, so having a, having a strong family framework, I think, is important. But uh, always keeping work in perspective. I, I always told my team, I said, even as the CEO of Boeing, there are more important things than work. And I pause and repeat that. There are more important things than work. You know, while you're working, we expect excellence, but keep balance in your life. And remember, there are more important things outside of work. And when you invest in that, you're better at work as well. And that is so true and such great advice. And I know your team appreciated that about you because we're holistic people, you know, and to your point, everything we put our hand to needs to be done with excellence, but it is not the thing at the end of the day. Exactly. So, well, very good. There's a lot more I want to talk about, but we need to take a quick break and then we'll be back with Dennis Malmberg. Are you a rising IT leader? Could you benefit from a network of like-minded peers? Let me introduce you to the St. Louis Technology Leadership Experience. This one-of-a-kind program gathers cohorts of IT professionals for three workshops, peer small group problem solving, one-on-one -on -one mentoring by IT executives, and multiple networking events. You'll be prepared for your next steps as an IT leader by gaining core leadership competencies and a strong, powerful network of peers. To apply for our next TechLX cohort, visit tpi.co slash TLX. Dennis, there are so many other things I want to talk about, but I, I want to tell our listeners that you're a cyclist and you're on track to make 15,000 miles this year, right? That's right. It's my uh, favorite sport. So uh, while I was at Boeing, I, I'd often take employees out for bike rides as well. I've just passed about 7,000 miles so far this year planning to do a ride across America later this year. It's amazing. Well, you know, 
I told you, Greg, my husband loves to cycle too. And I'm like, Hey, you know, maybe we could do that ride across America. <laughs> he goes, I don't think so. But, um, I'll sign him up. Yeah. I'll sign him up. Yeah. So, um, we've got a lot to talk about and I still know you got a lot of miles to ride today, about 50 more miles to ride today, but I wanted to pick it up where we left off with you and your assignment at Boeing, but you continue to move. So Continue to tell us a little bit about that journey in your ascent to CEO. Yeah, I had a great opportunities after the uh, X-32 assignment that I mentioned. That was uh, kind of my wrap-up assignment in Seattle. Then an opportunity to help Boeing start a new air traffic management business that was headquartered out of Washington, D.C. That was a little bit of a difficult time because uh, we started that business and I moved to Washington, D.C. with my family in September of 2001. And of course, 9-11 happened at the same time frame and completely flipped that model from not enough space the skies to not enough security in the skies. So that was a tough career point for me, but you know, led to some real growth that always happens when you're under stress. Coming out of that, we ended up moving to St. Louis for some new assignments. I ran the defense side of the company for several years, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and then ended up moving up to Chicago for uh, the last five years of my career when I had the opportunity to be the uh, CEO of the company. And I will always treasure that assignment. It was just fantastic and a great opportunity, again, to see the incredible people at Boeing at work across the globe. Before we go into more about that, though, you know, diversity and inclusion is so important. And I told you, I was so excited to see that Leanne, (laughs) a woman, is running the the defense side of the business. And of course, Ted Colbert, I knew that he had taken over for global services as a CEO. He was the CIO. Yes. And, you know, with us, being in technology, I mean, I've been to a lot of CIO conferences and heard him speak. So excited to see you had done such an amazing job. So tell us a little bit about how you did that and why it's important. I tell you, diversity inclusion, again, is one of my core values for building a team and one of the principles that we built on at Boeing. So during my tenure as CEO, that was a big area of focus for me. And I'm a big believer that when you can bring diverse perspectives and experiences to a team, that's what really makes for a great team. So I tried to surround myself with people who brought those different experiences and backgrounds. And I was proud to say that during my tenure as CEO, that we went from uh, a EXCO, an executive committee, direct report committee that was mostly white men, people that looked like me and had experiences like me, to a team that was more than half uh, minorities and women. And I think it made us a better, stronger team. I'm so proud of those folks that you mentioned, Leanne and Ted, two great leaders who have done fantastic work in their assignments running their business units inside of Boeing. Our leader of manufacturing and supply chain, Jeanette Ramos, was another great example. Our leader of human resources, Heidi Capozzi. So it's a fantastic team and and diversity and inclusion brings real power to the company. Mm -hmm. That is just an amazing accomplishment. I want to talk to you a little bit about AI, and we talked a little bit about this, and I laugh because sometimes people think, oh, you know, it's the new thing, but it's really not. (laughs) You know, McDonald Douglas was using AI on the shop floor 35 years ago, but Elon Musk talks a lot about, he believes one of the potential great threats to our society is AI and what AI you know can do. Do you have that same fear? I mean, what were your feelings about artificial intelligence and machine learning and that? Well, I have a bit of a different view on that. I believe AI and, and all the associated technologies are going to be a real benefit to our businesses and to society. As you said, the idea of having intelligent systems helping us do our jobs, that idea has been around for a long time. 
now the algorithms and the technologies are accelerating and getting more sophisticated, but we see the advantages of that. I know at Boeing, you know, it gave us improvements to our products. It made our airplanes smarter so that we could improve maintenance, for example. It produced new ways of running our factories so we could optimize our supply chain, as an example. And we even had technologies where we had robotic capabilities and humans working together in our factories, building airplanes. And the result was that our people had a safer environment to work in. And we could have some of the robots do some of the very difficult and dangerous jobs. I think there are opportunities to leverage the technology to create better capabilities and to benefit society. And we have to be thoughtful about it. You know, that's our responsibility as leaders. I think the upsides very much outweigh the downsides. I couldn't agree more. We say it all the time. There has never been a better time to be in technology. You know, I mean, you see technology improvements in healthcare. I mean, all kinds of things. So Dennis, I want to talk about this a little bit. 2020 has been hard on so many fronts for so many people. However, you and I have talked about this. There's been a lot of silver linings. I'm always looking for the silver linings in the clouds. And uh, there have been a lot of silver linings. But this whole last year has been a little difficult for you. And you've faced some crisis, not the first crisis, right? I mean, we've had crisis, but you talked about 9-11. That was certainly a crisis. But this last year has been hard. But what would you say for somebody who's going through a crisis What kind of advice would you give them? I mean, and how did you get through it? It has been a challenging year with uh, what occurred at Boeing and the the difficulty around the 737 MAX accidents and uh, the families that were affected by that. That'll always weigh heavily on me, and I know it weighs on the Boeing team. But through all of that, you can also see the strength and the courage of our people and the commitment to things like safety and integrity and everything they do. I talked earlier about the importance of values as a leader. And I think those come to the surface even more during crisis, as they should. And now this year with COVID and the pandemic, and it's had a horrendous impact on the airline industry and our aerospace customers and the traveling public. Again, in these times of crisis, it's important as leaders to remember where our foundation is. I talked earlier about the importance of my faith. You know, that has been a constant through all of this. And that in everything we do, we need to pay attention to excellence in how we do it and the integrity and how we do it. You know, some of this goes back to what I learned from my parents growing up on the farm, the value of integrity and an excellence and the importance of how we treat people around us. I know that was an awful, awful time. And our hearts go out to those families who lost. You know, I watched that and I read and, and I know that you approached that very humbly and contritely. The year before that, Dennis, I know Aviation Week in 2018 and named you the person of the year. Yeah, I was humbled by that. I give all the credit for that to our people and our amazing customers. And uh, we had a great, robust, growing business at Boeing. We were transforming the company. We, we had some record-setting years in 2017, 2018. But, you know, along with those great times, you end up at times of difficulty and, and storms come and you have to be prepared for those as a leader. But I will always treasure my 35 years at Boeing. It was an incredible company, and we we accomplished some amazing things. You know, there's a lot of transformation still to come. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. So we've already talked a little bit about something extra. And, you know, I'm going to ask you, what is the something extra every leader needs? And I know what's your answer. Well, I go back to this theme of being purposeful. And I think that's so, so important as a leader. I mentioned earlier about, you know, in the business, having a mission, understanding the importance of it. At Boeing, we knew that lives literally depended on the work that we did. And that gave us a passion and commitment and excellence for the business. 
as a person, as a leader, the same thing, knowing what my purpose is in life. It goes back to my faith. And as I said, I'm a, a servant of God and a follower of Jesus Christ. And my purpose is to glorify him and honor him in everything I do. And those two come together. That business purpose and that purpose as a leader can come together. And when they do, it gives you great power in an organization. And people can accomplish a lot more than you can ever imagine when you can get aligned on purpose. So I, I love that theme of being purposeful and investing in the people around you. Mm. You know, and you hear that a lot, that there's a segregation, you know, between your faith and your work. But I think there's an integration, <laughs> Don't you, Dennis? I mean, you bring your faith to work. I'm with you, Lisa. I mean, it's important as a leader to know who you are and to be genuine. You're a whole person. You bring that whole person to the workplace. Being able to bring your faith to the workplace as a leader is important, I believe. One of my favorite organizations, and, and you know it well, but locally, Biblical Business Training, BBT, a great organization. I have the privilege of serving as the chairman of the board there, but that team is producing uh, applications and uh, training materials and coaching for leaders in the workplace to help them bring their faith to work in a way that's productive and effective and builds others up. If I could, I'll, I'll give a little plug to BBT and suggest that people check them out online. A lot of great opportunities there to, to leverage those materials. Great resources. It makes it easy, right, to do that in the workplace. And it doesn't take up too much time and great questions and makes it easy to bring a group together. It does. And it's a wonderful way to have a meaningful discussion and, again, to invest in the people around you. And I think you know, in the end, it builds better teams and, uh, and a better business as a result. Very good. Well, Dennis, I cannot thank you enough for making the time. This has just been such a delight for me. And I just feel like it's kind of full circle. 35 years ago, I would never have dreamed that I would have been talking to the CEO for Boeing. And so thank you so much for the time. It's been a delight. Well, Lisa, likewise, thanks for the time today. I very much enjoyed it. And uh, thanks for the chance to talk. Thank you for listening to today's show. Something Extra with Lisa Nichols is a Technology Partners production. Copyright Technology Partners, Inc. 2019. For show notes or to reach Lisa, visit tpi.co slash podcast. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen.